This is part two of a two-part podcast. Have you ever wondered whether a particular book was really good or just so-so, and if you could trust the reviews online? When it comes to books related to permaculture, Permies has a large list of reviews for over 100 books. Perhaps you're considering a book for yourself or a friend, or you're just curious about what's out there. Stop by permies.com forward slash book and take a look at the book review grid and read some honest reviews, and hopefully you'll find the next book to add to your collection. I think another, and, and again, I, I just can't remember all that I've ever said or not said in a podcast, but I used to work for the Northwest Power Planning Council mm-hmm. as a lowly librarian, and uh, I would get to see all these documents, and I would get to hear the people that were authentically on the council, and all of those of us that are um, like the helper monkeys, uh-huh. um, and uh, to, to talk about energy and it's like well there's this much more energy needs that need to be met what are we going to do coal plant nuclear power plant and and basically all of the solutions sucked yeah and the thing that was like a joke in the office was conservation really because if people would reduce the amount of electricity that they would use then we wouldn't have to build a new power plant. Right. And, and like, the Northwest Power Planning Council has done tons of stuff to try to get the word out about things that you can do to save a little bit of energy. And, um, like, it, it's like talking to a brick wall. Nobody, it, it didn't change anything. Hmm. And so, um, they, picked a new power plant to build wow. and um and and this is where i learned for the first time because most of the northwest power is coming from hydro mm-hmm. and i got to read all the stuff about what a dumpster fire hydro is now micro hydro doesn't have these problems but micro hydro is banned But big hydro, um, those, uh, the energy generators is like, oh, all that, all that river life, it's like set to puree. And, and so they don't come out the other side like they were when they went in, you know, and so it's like a giant blender. Um, and changing the river, you know, I mean, we live on the Columbia River in Washington, between Washington and Oregon, and the river, it is basically a series of lakes now, still, very still water yeah. lakes, and it's too warm. Yeah. Uh, the salmon can't make it. I mean, they're, they're dying a lot of times, like, the, they, they don't, they can't make it because it's so hot. I mean, it's not hot to us, but for them, the water just sitting there, it's way too warm for them. Well, without the fish hatcheries, there would be no salmon. Right. They, they, they're, they're there artificially now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the Northwest Power Planning Council, that's where I learned that, uh, 95% of the life in the rivers have been destroyed. Yeah. And, um, 5% were barely clinging to because of the, um, the fisheries there because they're artificially planting life into the rivers. Mm-hmm. But it's like they can only do so much. And, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, a. It, 
Also, the amount of silt building up behind the dams is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so once it fills up with muck, what are you going to do then? And it's like, well, they, they're going through the expense of trying to dredge all that muck out, you know? And, and so anyway, the, the it's so complicated. Yeah. It's so massively, massively complicated. There's no good solutions. So then I kind of come up with the whole idea, and this is a big part of the Better World book that I wrote, mm-hmm. which I wish it was selling a thousand times better than it is, but it isn't. Christmas is coming. We'll give it away for Christmas again. <laughs> give it away all the time. That would be delightful. Um, but the thing I'm trying to do is to paint a picture of people who have a rich, luxuriant life using less than 10% of the average for energy. And and that's like, and, and of course, here in Montana, the number one energy use for three quarters, three quarters of energy use in Montana is for heat, hmm. which makes sense. Yeah. And so now you know why the rocket mass heater thing is so important, but it's kind of like, you know, it's and, and when I try to talk about the value of rocket mass heater, uh, there's all this stuff about, oh, get get a hundred solar panels and run many splits, and it's and it's kind of like, oh, right. when you could burn the sticks in your yard, yeah, out of on something that's made out of mud, and a few things you bought at the hardware store, yeah, like yeah. These solutions are yeah. these massive solutions, like build a huge solar power plant or build a huge power anything it is fraught with problems and the solutions are tiny and in our backyard we can we can do it all maybe not all of it but a lot of it i think in a much more luxuriant and beautiful way can be done small solutions for individual local people so uh to wrap up this article that i wrote because i of course i agree with you of course of course of course yes The sea of toxins we live in gets worse every year. I have become obsessed with documenting and sharing bits of information where if half the population did half the things I suggest without sacrifice, it would solve most of these problems. The staggering rates of cancer and other ailments, climate change, Wars over energy. People having their lives destroyed so somebody can profit. These things seem more important than short-term loan interest rates. The number of Airbnbs versus long-term rentals or the unsightly homes by the river. And when I try to share... People cannot hear it, a bit like oil and water. Over and over and over again, they are utterly certain that payday loans must be banned. But learning 60 seconds of rocket mass heater stuff is not possible. Gardening, rocket mass heaters, wafati, willow feeders, Forage gardening, mulch pits, gertitude, skip. I'm not 
asking for laws to be made to force people to do this stuff. I just wish more people would be open to thinking about this stuff. So, the oil and water of the mind. So, the stuff that I'm trying to talk about... It, it's like it, it, it cannot go into a brain. It's not possible. The pod people get it. In fact, the pod people right now are probably, <laughs> they've probably skipped the rest of this podcast to go on to the next one <laughs> because they're bored, you know, and, and it's like, oh, I've heard this so many times, I'm talking about it. And so, um, how do you think I feel? <laughs> Saying it! <laughs> so, but it is, I, I, I suspect that the pod people get into a conversation, maybe at Thanksgiving, which is coming mm. up. And it's like, let me tell you about Rocky Mass Heaters. And the people at Thanksgiving are like, oh, fuck, not this again. Would you shut the fuck up about that already? And, uh, or let me, let me tell you about the Wafati. Let me tell you about mulch pets. Let me tell you about willow feeders. Would you stop talking about <laughs> poop at the Thanksgiving table? You know, so um, uh, forage gardening, gurditude. Uh, 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 so, and then there's Skip. It's like, I think that our little video is awesome about Skip because it's kind of like it, it takes like a four hour conversation and condenses it down into two minutes. And it's like, there, just watch, watch the fucking video, all yeah. right? Then you're good. It's a good video. You've got some BBs. You've done some BBs. I've got some BBs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, all right, yeah. Um, all of these things I feel so passionate about, but it's like, I feel like, I don't know, and using the Wheaton Eco Scale. Yes. And of course, whatever I say is going to sound crazy because I believe I'm at level eight. Mm hmm. And, um, and so most people, of course, are at level zero. So anything I say just sounds so crazy that I should be institutionalized. Yeah, I think a lot of it is that things are outside someone's reality. So when you bring it up, it's almost like you have to, like if you wanted to, you know, emulsify oil and water, you know, it's just a little bit at a time. Make See, it. An emulsifier, and I'd like what? What would be the emulsifier when trying to talk to somebody about rocket mass heaters? Well, I think mm -hmm. you don't yeah, have it ahead, yet, uh -huh. but you've yeah. talked about <laughs> building an infographic, and I think that's a great one. Right, that's that is what we're working on now, and and Mud and I have been working. On. In fact, um, you you mentioned the infographic, so I just want to pop over here really quick. We were we were I was showing this to you earlier, so this is Mud and I working on it. Uh, we've been working on it the last uh, week or so, but like the the annual operation cost of electric heat, no matter how you do it, it's kind of the same. In Montana, it is twenty five hundred dollars per year. Okay. And um, and for many splits, the information that we get to suggests fifteen hundred dollars per year, but we're still nailing down like really solid numbers and so but right now it's looking like it's going to end up at about $1,500 per year in ground heat pumps which are kind of like a mini split but it's in ground mm -hmm. um, uh, that we have hard numbers on $830 okay. $830 per year to heat your home on average in Montana 
Um, $830. Natural gas is $493. Okay. Propane heat is $1,631. Wow. So, I mean, like, yeah. we found sources where the research has been done and yeah. the numbers are rock solid. Wood stove. A wood stove is anywhere from 0 to $1,500 per year. So the, the $1,500 is where you're, of course, you know, buying the firewood. You're having it delivered. Right. You're having firewood delivered. Um, modern wood stove is half that. Okay. And so um, there are some very fancy modern wood stoves. Mm-hmm. And so now you're going to heat your home with uh, like 750 bucks if you buy the firewood. Or, of course, it's free if you go get it. So some of those are, are pretty neat. They they extract. They, they burn more completely. It's a more efficient burn. Um, I There are issues about like pieces that need to be replaced every few years and and those have expense but that's another story for another day pellet stove is four hundred dollars to a thousand dollars a masonry heater which will take you three months to build and you're probably going to spend 20 grand on the materials Uh uh zero to three hundred dollars so you know less than that fancy wood stove three hundred dollars if you buy the wood yeah and then there's the rocket mass heater, which is half that of a masonry heater. So zero to one hundred and fifty dollars. So. Um, and the cost of building a rocket mass heater? The cost of ro- building a rocket mass heater is generally going to be about two to three hundred dollars. Okay. Um, and the masonry heater, I think I just mentioned twenty grand. grand yeah. Probably forty to have it done. Wow. Yeah. If you're gonna have if you're gonna have a pro come and build it. Uh-huh. Probably a total cost of forty. Wow. Um but if you're doing it yourself, it's like that's that's a big ask. That's a that's a oh, yeah. that's a very high DIY level because mm-hmm. it's like you gotta see pretty big picture to get it done and if you fuck it up it could take years until like, you know, oops, 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 and I oopsed again. And it's like, so rather than building it in a summer full time, mm-hmm. it it might get spread out over several years and, you know, <laughs> end your relationships. A little cold <laughs> winters while you're waiting. Yes, yes, that, that. Okay. Um, along the line of the oil and water of the mind, um, I want to... There's this thing that I wrote nine months ago. Okay. And so I want to, so there's part of this theme of like, I'm going to read these things that I wrote. So I wrote a thing and I'm going to read it and we kind of, you know, kick it as we go along with reading it. Okay. Okay. So this next one is called, if you live in an apartment, what good is a rocket mass heater? Okay. So, um, uh, this just appeared as a question here on Permis. So basically, somebody asked this question on Permis. And uh, so here, here is the question in its entirety. If you live in an apartment, what good is a rocket mass heater going to do if you can't produce the fuel to run it? You can ask that about any heater. You can't produce the fuel to run your other oh, heaters. Point. I hadn't even thought apartment. of that. I mean, I, maybe enough solar panel. You're never going to heat. I mean, an apartment needs outside input. Everything. I had that would that would actually be a good response. (laughs) I did not write that, but that is a good response. It's like you know, but of course, wherever you live in an apartment, 
somebody got heat in there, some yeah. kind. So, so you arrive, and the heat is already being put in. But you're right. If you have electric heat or mm-hmm. natural gas heat, there's an environmental disaster on the other side of that wire or pipe. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah, awesome point. Excellent. 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 So here is... I made two responses. Okay. And so... Response number one. What good is a nuclear reactor going to do if you don't happen to already have uranium in your pockets? The reason I ask such an odd (laughs) question is you have somehow learned what a nuclear reactor is. And you have a vague idea of how it works. You probably even know about the upsides and the downsides. Nearly every apartment dweller knows the basics, even though they will not build one in their apartment. Mm -hmm. I wish for people to also know about rocket mass heaters, including people that will never build one. What are the upsides and what are the downsides? I wish for apartment dwellers to talk about rocket mass heaters more than they talk about nuclear reactors. Maybe they will talk to some people that will actually build them. Maybe they will someday move and build one. Maybe their next home will have one. Hmm. All right. You know, the weird thing is, is that it was in 2009. No, wait, 2008. Uh It was in 2008 that a guy stopped by my house and I was visiting with him and he told me about rocket mass heaters. Oh, really? And and he described it for me. Uh And I said... Bullshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's no way. Uh-huh. I mean, the thing that was that was making it impossible in my head was that you would have sticks that are sitting up and down, and there'd be a fire at the bottom of the sticks, mm-hmm. but the house doesn't fill up with smoke. Yeah. And... Um, and and he insisted, and it's like, I don't care how much you insist, there's just no way. But he patiently took, huh. like, I don't know, an hour, an hour and a half to talk about them and and how the smoke didn't come up in your face. And and then, you know, heat with one-tenth the wood. And, and so part of me is like, you know what, if it was true... Why don't I already know about it? Right. That's what a lot of people say. And then he's, and his answer is, I don't know. And why doesn't everyone have one? Yeah. Why doesn't everybody have one if it's so great? If it's so great, why doesn't everybody have one? Yeah. And it's like, because in that house, we heated that house that we were sitting in with a wood stove. Uh huh. That was our only heat. Bring it in by the wheelbarrow. And so, um, we just packed in fuck tons of firewood. Yeah. And so he's, so it's like, all right, all right, uh, this is the year 2008. And so there is such a thing as internets. Mm-hmm. So let's go to the internets. There's no video. Mm. There's no pictures. The only thing is, is this one workshop in Coquille, Oregon. Hmm. 
and um, and which is where he was, uh-huh. and he saw it. Huh. And he was describing for me what he saw in Coquille, Oregon, at Cobbville. Oh, yeah. So he got me to the point where I was so curious that I purchased tickets to the event. Nice. But I am still extremely skeptical. But it's like once you see it and you feel the warmth, like like there's been no fire for 24 hours, and this mass is still very warm. Uh-huh. And it is warming me now. Then it's like that's very powerful. And when you see the burn happening and you see the fire burn sideways and not fill the room up with smoke, why ain't that a deal? That's really Look cool. at that. And so I took out my shitty. I. So a lot of. So I didn't live in an apartment, but I was renting uh-huh. at the time. I would not be allowed to build a rocket mass heater. But here's what I did. I saw a thing, and I knew it was not available as a video anywhere. And there's a new website out called TubeU or something like that. Uh-huh. And and it's like I, it let you put shitty videos up. Yeah. And any fucking dope could look at them. I watched a lot of those that you made of rocket mass heaters. So I took... I had a camera which had the most horrible sound quality ever. And um and so but I took video with this still camera. It was it, it was a whiz bangery that it offered. And um and and I think I put four videos up on TubeU uh and uh um just for so people could see what I saw. Yeah. It was it was footage of Bigfoot, is what I did. I, I got video of Bigfoot, and nobody else did. Uh-huh. And I put it up, and it was about that quality. I believe they call it potato quality. Okay. I took video with a potato. <laughs> and, and, and this is what it looks like when you take video with a potato. Um, the sound quality was grim. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, here we are building a rocket mass heater. Uh, here's a tour of 12 rocket mass heaters that they have at Cobbville. Um, here's some information about them and, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I put up four, four videos of rocket mass heaters at Cobbville. And, um, but the thing is, is that I did something. Mm-hmm. I did something because, um, so many people are like, I can't do anything. There's nothing I can do. And so I went to a fucking workshop and I took a fucking video of somebody else's stuff and I put it up on YouTube. And and it's kind of like, um, I, I don't know. It's not impossible. So when everybody says there's nothing that they can do, I'm kind of feeling like... You know how we're going to affect change? You know how we're going to save all those people over in fucking Europe? Is that we're going to try. Yeah. We're going to just do whatever we can do. And we can do more than sit on our ass and bitch about how those people are just 
fucked and they're going to have to get used to it. They're just going to have to cold. And if they're going to die, they better get on with it, you know? And so, because, you know, fuck them. And I kind of, and I just, I'm psychotic, I guess. I just can't leave it alone. And so everything for the last three months has been like, you know, what else can we do for those people in Europe so that we can so they can learn about rocket mass heaters? And it's like, well, step one, I have to stand up and say something, and then the corporate trolls are going to beat this shit out of me. And step two, do it again. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and so on and so forth. All right. So uh, the question on the table is, um, if you live in an apartment, what good is a rocket mass heater going to do if you cannot, if you can't produce the fuel to run it? So this is my, my response number two. If the only impediment is fuel, well, it's true. Getting firewood into an apartment on the eighth floor in New York City has challenges. Of course, there are some apartments that do have access to lots and lots of wood. There's landscaping complete with trees at their apartment complex, and rather than hauling that wood away to a dump, I suppose a few of those apartment dwellers could use that wood. In an apartment, you might be wholly surrounded by other apartments. So even if you had zero heat, there's a good chance that your apartment will never get all that cold because most of your walls are heated by the other apartments. When I first heard about rocket mass heaters, I met a guy that heated his home all winter with purely junk mail. Today, there's a lot less junk mail, but there are Amazon boxes. And what about that waxed carton that your milk or milk spelled with a Y or malk drink came in? That is awesome fuel. Every apartment probably has a bunch of bins for recycling. What if there was one more labeled burnables? You've seen our burnable stuff. Right? Yes. Yeah. And so when, if you're here doing stuff, and you were the cook for the event in uh, both the PDC and you were the cook for the event we had in October. Like the Mass Heater Workshop. Yes. Yes. So uh, as you're cooking, it's like, okay, here's a butter wrapper. I'm not sure if you had it. I mean, I know that we got butter from... Didn't, didn't we get some butter from Liv? We did. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That was the most beautiful, bright yellow butter. <laughs> and everybody loved it. Which, of course, did not come in a butter wrapper. It came in waxed paper. Oh, okay. Just like the butter from the store comes. And it all yeah. went in the burnables. And what magnificent fire starters mm. those are. Okay. So, um, but the thing is, is that... We saved all of that. You put it in the burnable stuff, yep. and we saved it, and now we use it. Now we're using it. Yeah, we're burning it every, you know, every time we start a fire. Um, so every apartment probably has a bunch of bins for recycling. What if there's one more lab labeled burnables? Ours aren't labeled for burnables. Everything else is labeled, but the burnables, everybody just kind of knows. It just goes right there. Yeah. Um, and if you are the only one on your floor doing this, maybe your neighbors will let you have their burnables. Ah. 
In a world on the brink of social collapse, one website stands above the rest to fight back the zombie horde of corporate trolls. Permies.com. Take back control of your destiny and protect your loved ones from the toxic gick coming at you from all directions. Strap on your overalls and start building that bunker of abundance with the good vibes and friendly, helpful insight found at Permies.com. Don't forget, you only need to heat part of the year. You could start saving burnables in the fall. Okay, that's my response number two. Uh Uh-huh. So it seems that without leaving the apartment, you have access to 100% of your fuel needs. Wow. So that was the question. If you live in an apartment, what... Good yeah. is talking about a rocket mass heater. So there were two responses. One is, what's why talk about a nuclear reactor if you're not ever going to build one? And and then the second one is is like, here's a bunch of fuel sources that you have and you're just throwing it away. Um, there there was a conversation somewhere where somebody was saying, you know, what would be neat is if somebody had like a utility rocket heater, like a thing that you could put on your floor next to a window Mm. and then you could just feed it all the burnables Mm. and then it would shoot the exhaust gases out the window. Uh So it would probably end up putting, you know, quite a bit of exhaust gases out the window, but um, it would probably, if you just sat there for, I don't know, half an hour, you might take your apartment from 60 up to 75 by just feeding in a bunch of papery, cardboardy stuff. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I thought that was a fairly interesting idea, and it could be so lightweight that when you're done, mm-hmm. just put it in a closet. Yeah. You know? Mm, it's temporary. And then you, you know, and granted, uh, once you stop burning, it's going to get cold in there again, but right. it would be something, it would be a way to get rid of your wastes while simultaneously um, displacing some of your other heat. So it's like uh, if you set the thermostat in your house down to 60, then suddenly you get it up to 75. And um, and then if you ran a fire two or three times a day in this thing, you know, with all this papery stuff, then um, that might make it over 70 in there. And then at... And then whereas normally a different kind of heat source would come on to keep it at 60, mm-hmm. that would not come on during that day. Right. So while you're at work, of course, you can't do it. But maybe there's other parts of the day that you can. Anyway, and it would it would save, it would make it so that things would be cheaper. Um, all right. This is the moment where I expect the other party to clearly state you are right. I hereby concede this point, as if anybody on the Internet would ever say that. <laughs> but rather than doing that, they universally say something about codes or insurance or routing the exhaust. And I have answers for all of that, too. But I need to savor this moment. Once again, I was presented with impossible, and I painted a picture pointing out that the solutions are simple and obvious. They are. <sighs> okay, so um, you said 
how about if we record a podcast, because you haven't recorded a podcast in six months. And we picked a topic, um, the oil and water thing, mm-hmm. and the oil and water of the mind, and um, how when I try to talk to people about this stuff, it just seems crazy. And so I don't get anywhere. Um, and, it, and it is delightful to talk about it, in the podcast, because the people listening, they do get it. They do get it. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, I covered this stuff. What, is there anything else that you want to add? Are we at the end? Maybe. Do we say the thing? One thing you said is how would you slowly introduce it? And for me, I watched all of your YouTube videos about Rocket Mass Heater, mm-hmm. and I still didn't get it. And it wasn't until I actually saw you had a drawing somewhere. You have a little, like, a little sketch up of it, mm-hmm. which helped me get it a lot. Um, but when I came here and actually got to run it is when yeah. I really got it. So maybe what we need to do, I have never thought of this before, and I, this might be just the thing. Maybe what we need to do is to, on Permies, get a list of people who have rocket mass heaters and would be open to like maybe once a year. That'd be so cool. Having people come by and just see it. Mm -hmm. So like wherever you live, I'm going to pick a random state, North Dakota. You live in North Dakota and you've never seen a rocket mass heater. And then you'll find out that there are three people in North Dakota who have them. And they each have an open house in different months in the winter. Um, I imagine people are going to be most interested, like, in October. Yes. And so it's like, okay, so let's say these three different people each have a, an open house on different weekends in October. And, um, and so a person could go and see it in action mm-hmm. and and feel it. Because I was brutally skeptical and then once I saw it I felt like such a dumbass because it's like there it is doing it it's very simple it is hard to wrap your head around it until you actually see it or get to touch it 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 is it is bizarrely simple yeah now you saw a diagram have you seen no, you haven't. You have not seen the thing that um, uh, Andreas made. He made plans for the one that we built inside the solarium. Oh, excellent. And But not only that, but he kind of made this little image that kind of goes with it. So here, hold this. Yeah, hold this. And then, and then entertain people with your wit and charm. <laughs> and um, solarium... Plans. Let's see if it comes up. I think it'd be great to have three plans. House parties all over, so you could. I mean, it would bring people together too. All right. So the thing, the thing that you needed, the thing that that helped you to understand a rocket mass heater was to kind of see like what's happening on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so, basically, oh, this is great. so here's here's a public thread that's about these plans that Andreas made. And um, and so he made these little animations 
Now, the plans are like 40 pages or something like that. I, I'd have to look to be sure, but, but it's like, it's, there's a lot to this. Like, like there's a lot of detail that he has shared, but a lot of it is just pictures and pictures and 3D art and, you know, look at it from this angle and look at it from that other angle. And then, like, the next step is, and that's the other thing too, is it's step by step directions. Mm-hmm. But when you look at, like, this image here, it kind of, Starts off showing a wooden frame being built, and then some bricks being stacked, and then some pea gravel being put in, then the ductwork being put into place, and then the core stack of bricks being put in, um, and then it being sealed up with some cob, um, uh, the riser being placed, and then it kind of shows like there's this kind of a barrier between the core part and the mass part that's built out of cob. And then uh, one side, the, 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 the side with the core, is filled with sand. So because it's insulative, and you need to insulate that part. And then the other part is filled with pea gravel. And then there's like all these lovely rocks placed on the top. Now you, you are in the movie. Yes. Because you went out there and put some of those rocks in place uh-huh. and took the last little bit of video for that, for the movie. Mm-hmm. So you're familiar with at least the rocks on the top and you're familiar with like the little clean out, which also doubles as a prime port right there. Right. Yeah. And um, for that movie, did you guys fire it up? I don't know. We didn't. We opened it and looked at the clean out and there was, there was no ash at all in there. There was a little bit of soot around, like if you could rub your finger on the stovepipe and it was black but it it was no creosote yeah and it was really clean yeah um there's usually like 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 either and i and and usually there's no soot and i and i think that the soot ended up being there because of the earlier burns where we're trying to like Mm. um do the build and it wasn't going well. Like, we were trying to do a four-inch vertical exhaust, and it was like, mm. Mm, that was just too tight. The, the air was not moving through it. We were, it was, like, res- too restrictive. And so we were ending up with a shitty burn, which was leading to soot in the system. Oh, okay. So my my guess is, is that now... Um, uh, if we were to build it exactly the way that is detailed here by Andreas, then um, there would be no soot. Wow, that's great. So I think having a little bit of soot is okay, but um, I think a lot of our systems don't have any. They're just it's just ash is the only thing that's in there. Uh-huh. So, um, but you know it makes sense. There's going to be a little smoke, a little bit of soot mm-hmm. at the beginning of the burn. Um, when you're getting it started, but then usually it cleans up very quickly. All right. Anyway, the thing is, what I'm trying to ask is, you saw a drawing of, like, the innards of a rocket mass heater, Mm -hmm. and then you could understand what was going on. Yeah. And and so here is an animated drawing. Does this... Do you think this would fill that need and you oh, would understand? definitely. From this little animation, you could build it. Um, what I saw was just a little cross-section drawing, which was enough for me to kind of get it, and I I think this is a lot better. Yeah, yeah. 
I I think he's done a, a beautiful job with these plans. They're just they're just amazing, um, and it and it's a strong tie-in to the the movie, the Free Heat movie that we just put out. Have you seen the Free Heat movie yet? I have seen most of it. I haven't seen the whole okay. thing yet. Because of course you're in a bit of it. You're in the you're in the bit with this with the 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 rocket mass heater that's in the solarium uh-huh. and the sauna. And uh, and the sauna, yeah. and you did the numbers for the end of the sauna, um, and you took some of the video to show the end of the cob build up at up at Bartel's bunkhouse. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you weren't in that one. Yeah. Okay. So it was kind of like yeah, that was fun. We did a for the free heat movie. We did a a wackadoodle thing, and uh, and that was what our Kickstarter was back in. April or May, like, you know, I'm not even sure if I mentioned that we were doing it in a, in a podcast, but um, pretty much uh, last year, we had the Rocket Mass Heater Jamboree, and there were two guys with cameras that took video, and then I turned it over to the Bernal brothers and said, you know, can we, you know, can we do anything with this? Yeah. And uh, their thing was, is like, we are artists. We will make it work. Those guys are awesome. And um, so for a lot of the stuff, we didn't really have all the video we needed, but they're animators. Yes. So they they filled it in. Uh-huh. And, um, and I think the final product is really nice. And, uh, uh, and then of course they made these plans as well. I think that there's, I think they have six different plans like this that are, that are just, you know, they just, they're 3D, they're 3D plans, which are really cool. Um, I think the Free Heat movie turned out great. And, um, and we also covered a lot of stuff that's new. Um, uh, um, we did make, in fact, we did make a podcast about that, um, because some of the, some of the podcast, um, which is me and Elliot talking about what we did, uh-huh. uh, was used in the movie. Hmm. And so, um, which I thought was really smart on the part of Andreas. All right. Oil and water of the mind. I'm trying to I'm trying to help people. I'm trying to, and it's like, and I'm standing up and I'm doing it without pay of any kind, right? And saying like, okay, you guys are going to get cold, but there's this thing that you can do. It it takes like a weekend, and um, it'll cost like two or three hundred bucks, and and then you have free heat for the next twenty, thirty, forty years, and um, uh, I I I I I can't get that message through. And 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 then here's a fascinating thing. I started a thread at Permies. And I said, how do we tell more people about rocket mass heaters? And my idea is, is like, okay, I want to reach like a hundred million people. How, how do I do that? How do I help those people yeah. in Europe? And then we put it out on like the monthlyish to a, over a hundred thousand people. Like, come and answer this question. And, um, I I think that uh the answers that we got were I I'm not going to do a rocket mass heater because and it's like everybody had their reason hmm. but I imagine like 
85% of the responses, rather than the question is, how do we reach 100 million people? 85% of the responses were, I am not going to do it because this reason. And for all of those reasons, we had a response. For all of them. Uh Uh-huh. But that was their response. Then there were responses like, you should contact this famous person. Right. And so then we would say, well, why don't you contact that famous person? (laughs) And... uh, I imagine there were some other answers, too, but I can't recall them. Almost everything fell into those two categories. Contact the famous person, and here's why I'm not doing them right now. So the takeaway that we had is is that you know we need to make sure our FAQ is robust. We're now going to make this infographic, which uh-huh. we think will, because people were getting stuck at all these places, but the infographic would get them unstuck. And so we're going to make this infographic. We're working on it. Um, so Mud and I have been working on a book about rocket mass heaters and the misinformation about rocket mass heaters for a year and a half now. And um, now we're thinking, like, you know, let's take a bunch of the stuff we've already written and somehow get it out there mm-hmm. as, like, um, uh, like, a, like a thread on Permies or uh, an e-book like the Risers book, which the Risers book is both free information. So we made, a, we made like, I don't know, eight threads, ten threads on Permies about all this stuff, which is what's inside the Risers e-book. And so, um, and the Risers e-book was at the $1 level for the Kickstarter. Mm. Um, and uh, so hopefully the, everybody listening to this podcast yeah. supported that Kickstarter, and they have that book. I think the Risers ebook turned out really good. Cool. There's, some, there's some really powerful new information that we have, and, um, and we also are covering, like, some people are like, I'm going to make it out of steel, and we talk about why that won't work. Right. Or, I'm going to make it out of cement, and we talk about why that won't work. And so we talk about what does work, and we talk about, you know, how well it works or doesn't work. Is it going to last three years, or is it going to last 30 years? Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about all those things. Uh, stainless steel doesn't melt until 2,800 degrees, but somewhere around 1,800 degrees, it kind of all wads up into a ball. So it didn't melt, right. <laughs> but it isn't working for you either. Um, all kinds of bits and bobs and stuff. So, all right, the function of this podcast is is dominantly about how I can't seem to get things into people's brains. They have these problems, I have the solutions, Uh and they can't hear the solutions. In fact, one thing I would like to do, in fact, when you said, "Let's, let's record a podcast, I said, Let's watch the movie Don't Look Up because I haven't seen it yet. Uh-huh. Cuz I want to watch it and then immediately record a podcast. Um I I I'm not sure if I shared this with a podcast it was a long time ago, but there was a thing in Missoula where they said um we have a Zoom call, come join our Zoom call. It's about uh, climate stuff. It's about how to tell people about climate stuff. And so, um, and then when you sign up for it, it says, tell us a little about yourself. And I said, 
I'm an author about this, and I talk to millions of people every month about climate stuff. And so I thought, oh, because it's a panel. Yeah. And I thought maybe they would invite me to be on the panel, and they did not. And so during the event, I'm in the chat, because it's a Zoom call, uh-huh. and there's like 50, 60 people on this call. I'm like, right on. And I'm in the chat saying things, and I mostly ignored, hmm. but... There, there were a couple of people that replied and said little things, you know, but it was, and, um, one of the people on the panel, his whole thing was, is that he went for a bike ride and he, he swore to himself that every day during his bike ride, he would talk to at least one person about climate change. Mm-hmm. So he went on a 30 day long bike ra- ride. So he talked to 30 people. Uh-huh. I suspect that there's at least 15,000 people listening to this podcast right now. Uh-huh. And um, uh, the average carbon footprint for an adult in the United States is 30 tons, mm-hmm. and that's both direct and indirect. And then if you live in Montana and you heat your home with electricity, your carbon footprint is 29 tons. Okay. Now, uh, I used to say that if it, you heated with natural gas, your carbon footprint was 9 tons. Hmm. But new information has come uh, to light. It's 20 tons. Wow. And so, and uh, if you heat your home with a wood stove, it is... Four tons. Mm. That's the average for the state of Montana. Uh-huh. And because a rocket mass heater heats with one tenth the wood, it would be zero point four tons. Nice. So if you switched wow. from electric heat to a rocket mass heater, you would cut twenty nine tons. All right. Um, but apparently. That is stupid and small and pathetic because riding your bicycle around and talking to one person a day about uh, that climate change, huh? Huh? Carbon, <laughs> they say. Huh? Huh? That is, and I, I, I can't help but think. I mean, I wasn't there for the conversation. The guy did talk about it a bit, but, but my guess is, is that what was in that conversation? And it's like, let's not forget to be angry at the bad guys would be my guess. Mm. Because that seems like that's what most people do. And I kind of feel like I I I went to go and see my voodoo doctor, uh-huh. uh, a naturopath, right? Okay. And so, um, and then, and I'm visiting, and he's delightful and lovely. And um, and then um, there's uh, I had to go get a get a blood drawn so they could test my blood for things. And there's the guy there, and uh, he's like, oh, wow, I hear you are an author. Mm. And I was like, oh, right. He says, well, well what, is the, what is it that you have written? Maybe I've heard of it. Uh-huh. And I told him, and he has not heard of it. Mm. And so, um, and so I, I asked him, what do you think is the most important thing that you can do for the environment? And, and he said, oh, I do it. I... Right to my congressman. Oh. And that is what is the most important thing. And rather than the conversation coming back to what is in my book, 
you know, because you only have a few minutes while your blood's being drawn, the conversation was strictly about which congressman and what he said, and that is obviously the only most. And so, why would you write a book about this? You just you just write to the people, and you you tell them what to go tell others, and then make laws and things, and then you're done. That's it. And it's like, so this guy, I'm pretty sure, I, I mean, I didn't get a chance to ask him anymore because that was the end of the conversation, but it's kind of like, you know, his carbon footprint is probably still 30 tons per year. There's probably nothing that he does differently. What he wants is to keep doing exactly what he's doing now and then have it change to 10 tons per year. And he didn't have to change anything that he did. That everybody else did something else on the other end of what he consumes, and so it it just got smaller. Hmm. And he probably has never heard of 30 tons, and he probably has no idea what he's doing. Like, how is he heating his home? And so then, does he share his home with five people, or does he live there by himself? And, and uh, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, if you share your home with five adults, your carbon footprint's going to shrink fast. Right. But if you live by yourself, mm-hmm. your carbon footprint's probably going to be a lot higher mm-hmm. than the average person, the average American okay. adult. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what he did, but he is convinced, he is utterly certain that his effort is having the greatest possible positive on the environment. And so I'm just kind of thinking, I I don't know. So this is, we couldn't have the conversation that I wanted to have because he was certain that he was at the ultimate. And um, there's Mm. nothing to talk about. Interesting. Yeah. I think what he wanted to do is say his thing, and I'd be like, (gasps) oh! You're right. That is amazing. You are at the tippy top. I think I think that's where he oh, thought yeah. the whole conversation was going to go. Like mm. that is you are so amazing. And but of course I was thinking a very different thought. Right. You know that you're clueless, buddy. I I feel like he that that where he is where he is is a rigged playing field. And so it is designed so that people can send their information in and and then it is uh properly ignored in in a oh, in a yeah. buffet of ways of ignoring that right. kind of thing and um and nothing's really cuz really i kind of feel like what is being what is happening is that it's kind of like okay we need so this guy. I'm going to give him the name of Bob. I don't know what I don't remember what his name is. I'm sure at the moment he had a name tag on, but Bob. Um, uh, we need Bob to keep buying shit so we can keep making money. Mm-hmm. And so if Bob has any of these thoughts that are counterproductive to our <laughs> profit line. We need Bob to piss away his life on sending letters to people who will ignore what he has to say. We need Bob to send letters to corporations. We need Bob to send letters to uh, politicians. All these places where he will be thoroughly and properly ignored. What we do not want 
We do not want Bob to stop giving us his money. Right. We do not want Bob to get radical thoughts like rocket mass heaters. <laughs> we, you know, that's not cool, Bob. Not cool. So uh, we're going to tell Bob that we're making big, big changes and we're going to fix everything and we're going to his advice is awesome we will tell him everything he wants to hear so he will shut the fuck up and keep giving us his money that's what we need right so um, anything that's about real change we don't want Bob to know about that because he'll stop giving us his money and so any of that stuff is contrary to our mission and therefore we've hired a thousand people who will go onto the internet and make sure that that our message is the message and so um anyway there's 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 that there's a movie that came out about i don't know maybe it was a year ago planet of the humans um uh-huh. i'm sure you haven't seen it i haven't seen it yeah um i i think it's good to see all right we probably here's the tricky part finding a point in the podcast to kind of wrap up and let this podcast <laughs> end so are you are you there yet yeah, okay so. all right all right if you like this sort of thing come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about rocket mass heaters homesteading and permaculture all the time all the time Hey, this is T. Blankenship. Have you seen the new video of Wheaton Labs? It is permaculture awesomeness with all new and improved things like more rocket mass heaters, easy bake coffin, Willy Wonka, rocket cooktop 2.0, and the truly passive greenhouse. To see more, go to permies.com slash tour. Again, that is permies.com slash tour.